Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Gotta love that intro. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is August 11th, 2021. 29 days to kick off and one, two, three days to our first preseason game against the lowly, lowly Cincinnati Bengals. I know. I feel bad for them, kind of. <laughs> I'm excited to see our second string guys out there. Yeah. And our third string. What the heck? Let's do it, man. Well, Let's... some of our first stringers are going to play. Well, all of them. Yeah. I think they're all going to get snaps. So. Yeah, I, th- I think a, a series or two. Yeah. Is what they've said. Exciting. We've got some good uh, information from the uh, training camp news. We've got uh, some fact checks and follow-ups, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about some news around the league. Uh, we've got uh, some media bashing, of course. Our favorite. Uh, The depth chart came out, so we're going to discuss that. And we've got a little bit of Know Your Enemy with the New Orleans Saints. So let's get right down to it. Fact checks and follow-ups. This is a short list. Last time was almost 20 minutes. It was some interesting stuff, I thought, with uh, Andy Reid's son and Lovey Smith's son. But this one... Much, much shorter. So we're going to rip right through this. First one, follow-up. As a matter of fact, they're all follow-ups. No fact checks. We didn't get anything wrong, believe it or not. Yay. Mm. Uh, you guys out there listening to this, if you hear anything that you know is incorrect or if you want a fact check or follow-up, just send us a message, leave us a comment, whatever it takes. Let us know because we are very much about accountability and getting the right information out there. So first follow-up, how long was Logan Mankins with the Bucks? Molly, you were exactly right. Two years from 2014 and 2015. Those were the seasons he played with us. Now, he played every single game except one, and he ended up retiring in the offseason of 2016. So I thought he was with us a little bit longer. Man, I missed him. He was fun. He was just a beast out there. (laughs) All right, next follow-up. This one I found very interesting. The maximum NFL primetime games per team per season has gone up from five to seven. Oh. Yeah. But we only got five. Right. Everybody this year has only got five. I think last year the Pittsburgh Steelers got six because of flex scheduling. Now, flex scheduling is exempted from this. A team could theoretically Mm -hmm. have uh, ten primetime games. Oh, yeah. You know, if they get seven and then flex scheduling – the last few weeks, they get put on primetime. They could have as many as 10 going into the playoffs. Uh, that could th- be us this year. It could be. It very well might be. Yeah, we have a lot of like 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games uh, towards the end of the season. So There you go. This happened with the new TV deal that was done in March of this year. So Yay. it's all new stuff. But like I said, nobody's got seven games scheduled this year. I just wait. I just realized that if you don't have a primetime game, you probably do have a one o'clock or four o'clock game. So that statement I made was <laughs> just ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Follow up. Kurt Warner's YouTube channel is called Kurt Warner QB Confidential. Okay. Now, I, I think he's doing a real good job with it. Uh, his delivery is not the best in the world. And he kind of, but. It's really great. It's really informative, and he covers more of the defense, too. He goes into defense, whereas quarterback school, uh, J.D. Salinger, he just 
mainly does all offense and quarterback. But he's he's great. I just love he gives so much information and it's little things that you you know quarterback room stuff. Well, and it's the X's and O's. Like he breaks down the game film. He's not talking about all the other nonsense, you know, that we get all the time. Yeah, yeah. I have a clip here. This is a follow up from a couple of podcasts we did ago about Levante David's uh, press conference, and we were you know, kind of surprised at how they did this. And they've done this with a couple of players, but we, we mentioned Levante David in particular. You know, his father had just died and all that good stuff. And they asked him about the whether he was vaccinated or not. Well, I've got the clip here. I want to play it. I can't recognize who it is that asked this. So yeah. if anybody out there can identify this guy, please let us know. So here here's the clip, if I can get this working right. Levante, uh, where are you at on the issue of vaccination? I mean, I don't really have no, I don't really have no bitch. Okay, real quickly, the guy asked what's his position on vaccination and other players that aren't getting vaccinated. Take on it. I mean, it's just what the league requires and uh, what some people, you know, some people have their different beliefs, some people don't, some people go by it, some people do, uh, don't go by it. So, I mean, you know, um, me, I'm just out here just trying to, you know, just be a leader the best way I can as far as playing football and stuff like that. You know, uh, I can't get into what people believe and what they don't believe, so I don't really pay no attention. I'm, I'm here, so I'm here, man. I'm uh, I'm re- out here ready to practice and stuff like that. So I'm, um, I'm here. So um, you know, I'm good from um, from my standpoint. So you know, the guy asked him what his thoughts were on vaccination status and players that won't get vaccinated. And you know, Levante did a good job of skirting around the subject. And then so then the guy was just like, Levante, are you vaccinated? And of course, Devonte did a good job of not answering that question too, which I think very invasive. Very invasive. I know it's just weird to me. I don't know. So it's if weird. any of y'all, if I felt any... like go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to wrap it up. So um, yeah, I felt uh, Ralph and I both felt like at the end of last episode we got a little preachy about it, but mm-hmm. uh, a little too much. I thought but, too much. Yeah, a little much. Uh, it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's just I don't know. It's it's just seeing things like this and. Like Levante's interview, and there's been so many of them like that. Mm-hmm. And even just now today, um, they asked Fournette about him getting vaccinated again, again. Mm-hmm. How many times are you going to ask this question? And he was like, oh, you know, I'm on the fact find, you know, I'm getting more information and I'm almost there, I think. And, you know, so the, the people who write about sports were tweeting that all over the place Yeah. Uh, after the press conference, so. So anybody can identify who that was. I I, I still don't know. I, I increased the volume. It was really low uh, in the press conference, so I increased it, trying to figure out who it was, and I, I can't identify it. So if anybody out there can recognize who that is, let us know, please. All right. That's it for the fact checks and follow-ups. Oh, I have a little fact check. We had talked about um, Hainsey in the offensive lineman that we drafted and uh bucks time 12 on youtube said that he was drafted in the third round so he is um not gonna get cut all right well thanks for that we appreciate it (laughs) yeah i didn't catch that in the listen to the podcast i can't remember 
what video was that? Oh, no. We did that in one of our Bucks News segments. Okay. So he was talking about Okay. Fact check follow up in our little 10 minute. We made a mistake in our 10 minute clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to some buck news with the training camp. Molly, what do you got going on there? Okay, so, you know, we've had injuries this week. Um, check out our 10-minute videos. We've started that segment again this week. We did it a little while last year. We're going to try to do it again this year. More consistently. More consistently. Although um, we might not get to it tonight because – busy day and we got this podcast i don't know we might but we might not i don't know we're doing this podcast and we can do it we can do it ralph i, I know we can do us. it but <laughs> see what happens is i try to get every like i'm very unrealistic about what i can do with my time so i'm just like oh let's plan like 50 things yesterday take an hour we literally then... had 50 things and we got everything done except for the podcast yay yeah so we did pretty good, I thought. Um, okay, so we have daily training camp updates, kind of a summary of, you know, what's gone on that day. So you can check out those 10-minute videos to get updates uh, from earlier in the week. I'm going to go through some of this stuff, um, just the high points, I think. Uh, camp Rate came back, and I think yesterday was his first day practicing, so I'm very excited mm. that he is back. Yes. Um, I think the first day they said he got like four, I can't remember if it was four targets, four snaps, and then today it's been like 10, so, uh, you know, they're working him in slowly. But he's back. The Okay, Cam Gill, who was not practicing last week, him and Quentin Bell weren't practicing. Mm -hmm. He came back, I think, yesterday. Today, he is out again. And then... And, and they still haven't given a reason for any of that. No, mm -hmm. no. And then Ndamukong Sue today has a maintenance day, and center Donnell Stanley is out for second straight day. So he's out again. So today we have Sam Renner, defensive lineman, Cam Gill, Donnell Stanley, and Raven, safety Raven Green are all out today. Bruce Arians said that Byron Leftwich is away from the team right now for personal reasons. And this Peter report was reporting that and said you know, B.A. didn't really have a timetable for him to come back, and he may not be there Saturday. Hmm. So in the meantime, B.A. is handling play calling. Well, I hope it's nothing serious. I know. You know, anytime you hear these, you know, they're out for personal reasons, you just go, oh, man, mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. hope it's nothing bad. You know, I hope it's, hope it's like a wedding or, you know, because Arians is really big into family. If you've got mm -hmm. anything, if you've got a, a peewee baseball practice, he wants you to go to it. You mm -hmm. know, he believes that, you know, family is more important than anything else. So hopefully these are good, positive things that they're missing practice for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They asked B.A. about his opinion on camp, and he said it's not what it used to be. He called it Camp Cupcake <laughs> <laughs> because you can't get the guys hitting each other. You can't get them in pads, like all the negotiations yeah. or, and the, the, point, the things with the CBA that, yeah. They're prevented from doing nowadays that they used to do. He's saying, yeah, they're soft. Yeah, well, they used to have two a days, three a days. Uh, Joe Buck's fan labels it uh, underwear football. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, and I agree with it. It's you can't really tell much from preseason anymore. Well, and I think last week BA was calling it soccer practice. So <laughs> we've we've gone from soccer practice to camp cupcake. Well, fortunately, we have many, many veterans on this team mm-hmm. who have been through, you know, many seasons of hard football. So it's not, it doesn't affect them as much. It's it's the rookies and the the younger guys that not getting good hits in and you know mm-hmm. practice and tackling and all that good stuff. It, it affects them. Yeah, and that's why those reps in the preseason are so important. Mm, yeah, which we didn't have last year. Right. Okay, that's all I got for training camp. Good, good. Okay, uh, the speaking of training camp and the media, we're going to segue into the little bit of media bashing here. They are really high on Tryon. The are they? Event. Oh my gosh! It's well, a lot. Some people in our comments on YouTube were asking about him and mm-hmm. uh, saying, you know. Six to eight sacks off the bench. There, uh, well, and from what I understand, it's not just the media. I think it's some of the you know JPP said he was. Mm-hmm. They yeah. liked how he looked, and yeah. so. Yeah, so hopefully he'll be good. But again, I you know I just don't have a lot of faith in the media's ability to evaluate players, mm-hmm. you know, or even give us the truth about what's going on. To be honest with you, and that's going to lead me into. Uh, some stuff. I listened to Rick Stroud last night. At, you know, the Tampa Bay, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like his occasionally. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to lie. Know. I do. Yeah. Uh, and now we're not getting any Rick Stroud because Ralph got us blocked on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> I will never let you live that down. So I'm listening to him and I got, I got a couple of clips I want to play here. Uh, this is him saying that the Chiefs lost the game in the Super Bowl because of injuries. Now, listen to this. That's, that's the scary thing about preseason. And there will be other teams that will just get obliterated on, on one position. I think that was the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Between the opt-outs and the injuries, that's why they probably didn't win the Super Bowl. They've gone about rebuilding their entire offensive line since then. So we'll see how they do this year. He just flat-out said it. He said that's why they didn't win the Super Bowl, because of injuries and opt-outs. You know, now this guy, if you're not familiar, Rick Stroud is the lead beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Times. Now he's the big guy, big dog, as far as a Buccaneers media is concerned. He gets the first question in the press conferences. It, well, usually he does. Early. You know? yeah. yeah, he's one of the early. Especially first. during the Zoom calls and all that stuff. They always... Oh, God, let me. One of those millennial, or I don't know, probably Gen Z at this point interns at the Tampa Bay Times needs to teach Rick mm-hmm. how to use Zoom yes. because my man's does not use headphones and so he unmutes his mic to ask his questions. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Every time, dude, put in some headphones. It has been a year of using Zoom and no one has told you this. Like y'all, interns, <laughs> help, help him out. Help Rick out. Help us all out because I get to hear it every time. Yes, and the I had a clip, and I can't find it now, unfortunately. Uh, the reason why I brought up the Tryon in the media is he was talking about Tryon uh, will have a good year this year, but you know he's going to be in rotation and everything. And he said, he just flat out said, stats is what matters. 
He says, people don't watch the games. They can't watch basically what I say. You know, the media Mm -hmm. doesn't watch the games. They don't watch everybody. They're not watching all 22. It's just, it's a lot of work. So they go on stats. And he flat out said it. You know, and unfortunately, I can't find that clip. Uh, Maybe I'll get that in the fact checks and follow-ups for the next podcast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just found that interesting. I was like, well, you know, he'll probably get you know, quite a few sacks and all this. And so, you know, that's what he needs is stats. You know, and I'm just like, whoa, come on. Then, you know, he said that the Chiefs lost because of injuries. But then he turns around and he said the Bucks got lucky. Listen to this. What? Yes. And, and, and there, there's some other stuff in this clip I want you to, I want to talk about too. I, I think there's a real good chance they make it back to the NFC Championship game. I don't know if they win that, though, because, again, even last year, you know, everything had to go their way, every break, um, you know, from an injury standpoint, getting Vita Vea back, the weather in Green Bay was pretty balmy for them that time of year. Um, no fans when you're going on the road four times to play, you know, to, to make it to the Super Bowl. So there was a lot that kind of went their way, uh, and, they, and good for them. They took advantage of it, and they were playing better than anybody when the season ended. But, you know, not knowing that that's going to be the case this year, uh, I, I can't predict a Super Bowl. I cannot predict back-to-back Super Bowls. I think it's too hard to do. Hasn't been done since 3 4 with Brady. Uh, but do they get to the championship game and then, then you see? I think they do. I think they have. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Let's unpack that. Uh, weather. Rick, <laughs> it snowed the day before. It was balmy. What? It was like in the 20s. You think those Florida boys do, you know, the 40s even? Like the 20s? Get out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, secondly, all this other. Oh, the stands. They still had to go with the silent count because and BA even practiced in for that Green Bay game. Mm-hmm. He practiced that because he knew it. there was a possibility it would be loud. Now, granted, Lambeau was not full. Right, but they but had, they had not, Yes, they had 9,000 fans in the stands, and mm-hmm. they were all beating those metal bleachers, and it was so loud. And Tom Brady said afterwards, I'm glad that we practiced mm-hmm. the silent count because we needed it. Right. We couldn't, you know, the crowd noise was just unbelievable, even for having 9,000 fans in the stands. So yes. now... Would that have been different with a full stadium? I mean, maybe. Right, but my point but like, being is that he says that the Chiefs lost because of injuries and mm-hmm. opt-outs, and we won because things went our way. We got lucky. We got lucky. This is the guy who is the the lead journalist or sports reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, he's the guy that if anybody that's not a Tampa Bay fan is going to look and listen to, it's going to be Rick Stroud. And he's saying this. Now, let's not forget that and of course everybody follows in in the media, they all follow each other's leads. Mm-hmm. So, when he says this stuff, they say this stuff. And he might be copying what some other report. He's, he's saying what everybody else is saying. You know, oh, the, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl because of injuries to the offensive line. So he's just repeating it. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, these are the same guys last year that tried everything they could to, to hurt this team. You know, they remember when Tom Brady was having practices 
during the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah. And they had a, a condition. Killer. Yes. They were out there. This is what killed me. And we had podcasts about this. You know, they're complaining that Tom Brady's out there practicing with these guys during the pandemic. You know, it's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be inside and, mm-hmm. and you know, not around anybody. While they're out there, the media is out there reporting on it. Mm-hmm. They had a helicopter flying around this football field. They were in the damn bushes across they were in the, the bush- street. Yes. So it's, again, it's, you know, the rules for thee, not for me. Yeah. They're, you know, out there with their camera guys, sound guys, whatever. And they're in a helicopter. The, the helicopter pilot can't be taking the video, too. So there had to have been two people in this helicopter, you know, during a pandemic. And they're complaining about, oh, my gosh, Tom Brady. But not about, not only that, remember the Tom Brady schism between Bruce Arians that they tried to blow up for mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's reports that, you know, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are not getting along. Boo, boo, mm-hmm. boo, 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 boo. And they kept asking them questions and asking them questions. And then, you know, the the Buccaneers go on according to Stroud and the media and luckily win the Super Bowl. And so these guys get all they profit from it. You know, they they get all the clicks and views and people come and check out, you know, like, hey, let's see, you know, so they go to Tampa Bay Times and ESPN and all these reporters get to, you know, spout their stuff. But not only that, the Tampa Bay Times wrote a book about the Super Bowl, the path to the Super Bowl, and they sold that. You know, so they're actually profiting from these guys, you know, besides the fact that they make a living off of the NFL and these guys out there busting their butt, you know, they tried to drive wedges, create controversy and all that good stuff. And then when the Buccaneers overcome all of that, they actually, the media actually profits from it by writing books about it. (laughs) Was that Tampa Bay Times that wrote the book or was that Greg Allman with The Athletic? I thought it, I know Greg Allman did. did. Okay. Okay. Well, I've got a book here from uh, 2003 when we won the Super Bowl last time and it was Tampa Bay Times, but it was, uh, Cummings, Roy Cummings. Okay. Uh, no, Tampa Bay Tribune, the Tampa Tribune. Mm. So, you know, they, they profit either way. Yeah. You know, they're, sure. they're out there doing their thing. I just wanted to put that out there, let people see that, you know, the, the media, they're not fans of the Buccaneers. They have a job. They have messages they want to get out. They want to, they want drama. They want controversy. They're, they're like days of our lives. They're soap operas. You know, they're very, I would say effeminate in how they approach everything. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. You know, that's where they're coming from. You know, even, you know, I love Joe Buck's fan. I think that, you know, they're, they're fans. You know, they try to put everything in the perspective of, the, of a fan. But they got Ira Kaufman, who is not a fan. I mean, he, you know, he's a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. And he flat out tells you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to get in his way too much, but you're going to have that bias. We're biased because we're Buccaneer fans. You know, so take that with a grain of salt. You know, Rick Stroud, he's not a fan of the Buccaneers. He's just doing a job, and his job is to create as much (laughs) drama as he can, I guess. Uh, There's that. There's the media. Got to deal with them. Okay, the Buccaneers put out their depth chart. All right. Let's go position by position. Uh, Do it. You know, nothing... Nothing has really changed from last year. I know. It's I so think. awesome. It's awesome. awesome. Uh, so I think this is going to kind of be a short <laughs> segment. All right. Uh, wide receiver on the one side, we've got Mike. 
Scotty Miller behind him, Jaden Mickens, and then Cyril Grayson, Josh Pearson. Tyler Johnson's not? Okay, he's on the other side. So on that side, uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Tyler Johnson, and Travis Johnson are together, like as number three. Okay. And then Jalen Darden and TJ Simmons Jr. uh, in that fourth spot. Yeah, I've got – what do you have? Are you on the official Buccaneers website? Yeah. Or no, uh, just the image that was put out earlier. Okay. Wait, do they just have two wide receiver slots there? Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at three. I've got left, left wide receiver, right wide receiver, and slot wide receiver is the where, depth chart. That? Our lads. Oh, okay. That's not the official one. No, it's not official. Okay. Uh, tight end. Oh, we've got two spots on that. Mm-hmm. So on the one side, we have Rob Gronkowski, Cody McElroy, and Tanner Hudson. So McElroy is above Tanner wow. Hudson there. Yeah. Hmm. On the other side, this just infuriates me. OJ Howard, Cameron Bright, Jarrell Adams, what? and Daquan Hampton. They've got OJ Howard in front of Cameron Bright. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Th- this is one of those situations where I'm like, OJ might be better talent wise, mm-hmm. but merit wise. Who's put in the work? Right. Who's making the touchdowns? Who's on the field? Who's there? You know, I mean, OJ hasn't had a year yet where he hasn't been on injured reserve. Mm -mm. This is his fifth year, you know, fourth year. He's got his fifth year option coming up. Didn't Lovey draft him? Yeah. No, I think. uh, Cutter? Cutter. All right. That's going to be a fact check. We got a fact check follow up. Write it down. Uh, Yeah. So, you know. I'm rooting for OJ. I want OJ to show up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, he Cut- has Cutter it used OJ great. Yeah. And, you know, he did some great stuff with Cutter. Uh, but not- he did the same with Cameron Bright. Like, mm-hmm, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, they both excelled, I thought. Yes. So, we shall see. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think OJ's deserved to be in front of Cameron Bright. No. It's, it's just that simple. I don't think so either. I don't think so. All right, left tackle. We've got Donovan, Brad Seaton, and then Chidi Okiki, which I'm surprised Josh Wells isn't there, but they have Josh Wells behind Tristan Wirfs, and that's it. So, I mean, I think they pretty much rotate tackles on either side, right? What, with the backups? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Josh Wells plays all over the place. Okay. Well, well, Arians is really big into having offensive linemen that can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Wells has played everywhere except for center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ali Marpet is at left guard. Behind him is Nick Leverett and John Mulchin, which I think the offensive linemen have been talking up Nick Leverett uh, this camp. Then Ryan Jensen behind him is Robert Hainsey. And then right after that is Danelle Stanley. And uh, Stanley was out, has been out periodically in, uh, well, Hainsey too, for camp. So then at right guard, we've got Alex Kappa back. I guess he's back from injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's fine mm-hmm. with the ankle. And then it, no one has made a peep about that that I know of. Yeah. Like, has anyone asked, like, oh, ankle's fine? 
Like they just assume he's cool. He's a tough dude. Man. I know, I know. Well, he'd go into the game with a broken, broken arm out there playing. It was yeah. insane, ridiculous. Uh, behind him is Aaron Stinney, who I really liked. I thought he did the job mm-hmm. last year. Very well, glad to see him back. And Sidarius Hutcherson is behind him. Okay, so uh, okay, quarterback. We got Blaine Gabber or Blaine Tom Brady. <laughs> Of course, I like goes without saying. Like I didn't even. Well, you know, if they're gonna put OJ Howard in front of Cameron Braid, they might as well put Blab Blabbert Blabbert in front of Tom Brady. Oh man, he's got potential. Yeah, Uh, we got Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert behind him, Ryan Griffin, and then Kyle Trask. Okay, okay. On mine, it's got Kyle Trask in front of Ryan Griffin, and I was like, what the. But you know, do you think they're going to put Ryan Griffin on the practice squad or Trask? What are going to do? I don't know. No, I don't. Um, I think someone else commented this a while ago because we asked this question. They can't put Kyle Trask on the practice squad because he'll get scooped up. Oh, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Ryan Griffin. It'll be Ryan Griffin. Mm, yeah. Interesting. And then at running back, they've got Rojo in spot one, Leonard Fournette. Giovanni Bernard and CJ Proces. I'm probably butchering mm. that one. Uh, third, and then Keyshawn Vaughn and Troy Maine Pope. They're both listed fourth. They've got Keyshawn Vaughn behind CJ Proces and Giovanni Bernard. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. So you better get it together, Keyshawn. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's move on to defense. You got any other commentary? Nope. For offense, all right. Uh, defensive line, we've got Ndamukong Sue behind him, Patrick O'Connor, Khalil Davis, and then Sam Renner. Sam Renner has been injured uh, a lot of camp. So we'll see. He's on the bubble, clearly. Uh, nose tackle, we got Vita Vea, Rakeem Nunez Rochez, and then Cody Nacho. Smith behind him. Then on the other side of Vita, we got William Goldston. And behind him, Steve McClendon, your boy, Jeremiah Ledbetter, and then Benning Patoa, Patoa, however you, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, And then outside linebacker, we got JPP, Anthony Nelson, Quentin Bell, and Elijah Ponder. Behind, we got Shaq Barrett. And then behind him, Joe Tryon, and then Cam Gill, and Ladarius Hamilton. Hmm. So Interesting things there, yeah. So, it's see, how many so outside So, Joe Tryon's line- in front of Anthony Nelson. Oh, absolutely. Or no, 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 they're on the other side. Right. But so, they're like at the, on the same spot, basically. Right, but Tryon... Yeah is second string Nelson's third no this has Anthony Nelson listed second okay behind JPP okay so they're both second string all right gotcha Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon but Cam Gill's third string third yeah and Quentin Bell that's probably just because they haven't been at practice yeah yeah for sure well I don't see either one of them going in front of Joe Tryon as far as that goes. 
I mean, a number one draft pick, you yeah. know, you're going to get a yeah. spot. Was he thirty uh, fifth? No, we there is 30 no thirty fifth. Thirty second. We're so we're so awesome. They make up a spot for us. <laughs> you get to pick thirty fifth. Uh, okay, linebacker. We got Devin White, and behind him, Kevin Minter, and then behind him, Joseph Jones, and then on the other side, we got Levante. Behind him, KJ Britt, and then Mr. Irrelevant Grant Stewart. Stewart hmm. behind him. Uh, at corner, we've got Carlton Davis, Ross Cockrell, Antonio Hamilton, and then Nate Brooks and Chris Wilcox, fourth. And on the other side, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Herb Miller. D. Delaney and Cameron Kinley. Where where was Ross Cockrell at? But right behind Carlton Davis. So okay. He's okay. The second string. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was third string last year. Oh, was he? Yeah. Who, well, who was behind Carlton Davis? Do you remember? Uh, 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 SMB, maybe? Hmm. Uh, at safety, we've got Antoine Winfield Jr. Behind him, Mike Edwards, and then Raven Green. And then on the other side, we've got Jordan Whitehead, Javon Hagen, Chris Cooper, and Lawrence White, the fourth. Hmm. So that is defense. And then our specialists, uh, they're basically all the same, but at returner, they have Jaden Mickens starting and then Jalen Darden behind him. And then is that punt uh, returner or kick returner? Both. And then for punt return, third string is Scotty Miller. For kick return, it's Tyler Johnson. We'll see. That's that's going to get shook out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Preseason. And you really can't even tell until mm-hmm. preseason when they're taking some returns. So yeah. uh, I want to see Antonio Brown back there, man. <laughs> that's just he's. <laughs> that's just not fair, though. Well, I don't <laughs> want to be fair. I want to win. <laughs> We're gonna win. <laughs> Okay, well, that's interesting. We got a good depth chart going on there. It's yeah, a, man, so we are deep everywhere. I know. We'll see how it changes after the game next week. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Okay, uh, let's move on to some NFL news. What you got? What do I have? Yes. Josh Allen. Okay. We know with his contract. Now, this was a couple days ago. We never were able to get around to it. But Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills signed him to a contract that is insane. It's a, they're just desperate, I guess. Uh, the guy's not that great. Again, he's one of those dynamic quarterbacks. You know, he makes these wonderful plays every now and then, these highlight plays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Molly watched him in the playoffs, and she was like, he's Jameis Winston. He is Jameis Winston 2.0. And then I watched him, and I was like, you are exactly right. I mean, he would run around 50 yards behind the line of scrimmage, you know, as soon as anybody looked like they were going to scare him. You know, the happy feet and all this good stuff. And, you know, it, I, I do not understand it. This guy, he's getting $150 million guaranteed. You know, $100 million is fully guaranteed at signing. So he gets hundred. It's basically a signing bonus, $100 million. <laughs> He's getting 150 million guaranteed. Uh, now, over six seasons, 
this, somebody pointed this out that he will make as much salary as Tom Brady has in his first 21 seasons. That what? is insane. What like what are these teams doing? Well, you know, Tom Brady's always been I think one year he was the top paying quarterback, but he's always been, you know, down in the mix. He takes pay cuts to make sure that they could the team can keep players. You know, he's always been a team guy. You know, and you're seeing this, it's it's it makes you understand why teams end up burying themselves. You see it all the time. You know, the Eagles did it. The you know, they just give all these huge contracts to these players that really haven't proven themselves. Yeah, that they did that with um Mahomes. Yeah, right. You know, you I mean, know. you have a couple of really good seasons coming out the gate and then they they basically laid out the gold carpet for the guy. It's it could be disastrous. It could it could bury your team for years. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you get stuck with that contract, and especially mm-hmm. these young guys who, mm-hmm. you know, they might have had a few pretty decent years for a rookie or, you know, for a young player. But mm-hmm. once the league gets enough tape on it, and this is the problem with running quarterbacks, once they get the tape on you, mm-hmm. you're they're going to figure out ways to beat you. Right. And most of the time with running quarterbacks, it's the end. I mean, it's a wrap. Yeah, and they get injured, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they get start getting skittish because they don't mm-hmm. want to get injured. Yeah. You know, they see things like RG3, and they, you're just like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to run out there and get my leg broke. So, I don't know, it's just insanity to me, but I'm, I'm glad other teams are doing it, not us. Yeah. Uh, who was it? My goodness. Here recently, they did a... Huge contract. They just, it was just disastrous. Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, he's one. Uh, Sam Bradford. <laughs> Name him, <look> like. <laughs> we, well, you know, the, in the, I thought the CBA did a real good job, what was that, 10 years ago, where they, they said, okay, enough of these silly rookie contracts, you know, where you get picked first and you get a contract for $100 million, and then you come out bomb, like Sam Bradford. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just injured and injured and injured. And, you know, he, he made a crap ton of money and never yeah. performed. Mm-hmm. You know, he just went from team to team, getting all these huge contracts. Uh, it was the Gerald McCoy and the Dominican Sioux, that class was the last one to get the big rookie contracts. And now, you know, it's smart. You know, you don't want to pay a guy that's unproven hundreds of millions of dollars. And it just seems like the NFL just can't get away from that. You know, they get these guys who are star players with highlight plays and they just got to throw all the money they can at them. And you know, we'll see how it turns out, but how much sense does it make to pay a guy like Josh Allen as much money or more money than Tom Brady? It's just insanity. <laughs> insanity. Uh, and speaking of that, we had touched on this in, the last podcast, Jerry McCoy, he signed with the Raiders, one-year deal worth up to $2 million. That's almost all incentives, though. Uh, he got a $150,000 signing bonus, uh, 750000 incentives. So, you know, there's – it's basically a $1 million prove-it deal. I was hoping – he had talked, I think, in the off-season. He was like, oh, how would anyone listen if I had a podcast? And, you know, 
And I'd I was like, to I-, I would too. Yeah. I thought that he was going to kind of go that direction. And he does kind of have that personality. Oh, he's going where to he'd be, be great. great. I he, think so too. Yeah, he is a media guy and he's going to work for NFL or ESPN or somewhere. And he's oh, going absolutely. to be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be in football forever, I would imagine. And he, you know, won't surprise me if he becomes an announcer, and you know, then starts. You know, he he'll probably get the Monday Night Football gig or Sunday Night. He'll be big. He's going to be big. I mean, he's really, really good in front of a microphone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I think that he could really do something even on his own, like not go mm-hmm. on a network. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a huge fan base mm-hmm. of you know former Bucks fans and people around the league seem to like him. So I was surprised that he signed with another team. Mm-hmm. Well, he signed with the Raiders, and of course, you know that's where Warren Sapp went after he left us. Uh, so you know, it's a—they're always getting our sloppy seconds. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sloppy John seconds, Gruden. well, oh, no, we got we John got, Gruden. We got sloppy, sloppy seconds. seconds. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of that, uh, Carl Nassib, you know, he he went to the Raiders. Oh my God! <laughs> and. Uh, you know, there was a big kerfuffle a couple months ago about him coming out as being gay. First and, gay NFL player. Or that, that was out. Yeah. That was out. That, that, that's not true because there's been plenty of players that have come out. And, you know, it just Right. But I think the point was that they didn't come out until after they retired. But there was that's the – who was the, the linebacker that came into the league as gay to – I can't remember his name. We'll have to do that in fact check follow up. But he, you know, he ended up fizzing out. Nothing big. You know, it was a big splash. It was like, ooh, you know. And, you know, of course, the media had made it out like it was the second coming. But I don't understand it. You know, I have a relative who is big time, you know, full on LGBTQ, has been my whole life, which is a long time, you know, it's a half a century. And they were able to go in the military. They were able to, they've worked at NASA. They have, you know, huge, they've worked for big telecom companies. They, they've been married for, what, how long has it been, 30 years? Mm-hmm. They, there's never been an issue. They've never had an issue that I know of. You know, and I've been close to them. They've never had an issue. You know, so this whole it, it kind of reminds me of the Black Panther movie when it came out, you know, the, the you know, the Wakanda. Everybody made a big deal about it. It won the Oscar and all that good stuff. And you're like, well, what about all the, you know, there's been decades of movies that had black actors and cast and crew. And, you know, they, they did great movies. And, and, you know, same thing with the women stuff. You know, it's you, you've got, you know, they made a big deal about, uh, I think it was uh, one, one of the superhero movies. You know, it was like, oh, you know, women's rights, and everything. I'm like, this has been going. I grew up watching women, aliens, you know, Sigourney Weaver, and all. The, you're like, I don't know. It's just kind of like they're kind of rehashing all this stuff and everything. And they made they they made a big deal about it. And he came out the other day and he said he was surprised at all the love and attention he got, which kind of blew me away because there's a thing in Hollywood called pay for gay or gay for pay, pay for gay. You know where. I hypocrite has a great video on this. If you if you want to spend some time and check it out, it's like ten minutes long. He talks about anytime anybody comes out with one of these causes, you know, uh, the, the climate change or uh, LGBTQ or, or whatever, they get a huge boost in revenue. 
And he showed the actual physical, you know, he showed the graphs of how much people make, and then all of a sudden they do this, and it's like, boom. Carl Nassib, his jersey sales went through the roof. Nobody even knew who this guy was except us. I, think. I know. He's a, he's a rotating defensive end for the, the, the Oakland Raiders, or Vegas Raiders now. And now he's front page news just because he comes out with this. So, so you know, it's like, eh, you know, fine and dandy. I, hope, I, I wish him well. I hope he does great, except against us. And McCoy said that with him and NASA, you know, they're going to break sack records over there. So, Well, and, you know, we loved Carl as a player. We loved him as a buccaneer. We were sad to see him go. Yes, very sad. Yeah. That's all I have for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't want to get too much into it, but you know, I just, you know, let's just stick to football, man. I mean, it's like I, I don't care what your, what your second preference is. I just don't care. It's just not to me. That's something that, uh, you know, my mom would be very interested in. You know, who who's dating who, you know, or who. You know, it's a, I don't know. To me, it seems very effeminate to care about other people's sexual preference, but you know, in their right, it's kind of the like TMZ NFL. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like, can we just watch football? Yeah, well, well, we're just trying to. And then the NFL came out with that ad: the NFL is gay, and we're like, come on! Like we've been fighting against this for like 20 years. Like everyone who hates NFL hates football. They're like, it's so gay. Like dudes in tight pants tackling (laughs) each other. We were like, no, but like it's sport and stuff. But now they just come out with it, and you're like, god damn it, NFL. (laughs) <laughs> it just we we give up. We give up. This is a, this is a feminine sport now. Uh, uh, so there's that. Let's move on. I get into that too much. The Washington football team has announced that, and we predicted this. We predicted this last year when they changed their name. They have announced that you will not be allowed to wear any Native American headdress or face paint or clothing in the stadium. Okay, there you go. And if you think it's not coming for the Buccaneers, you're sadly mistaken. (laughs) This is never going to stop. It's the grievance industry. It's big money. So if you have any Buccaneer or old Redskins memorabilia, you can't wear that. You know, there is that true? Yeah. Yeah. They said that. Yeah, you can't wear any Native American representation. Right, but I thought they said the headdresses. I didn't know that they banned the old Redskins gear. I, I will have to look into it. Okay. Uh, I don't have it there. I just assumed it was because they were they were saying no Native American representation. And so, right, and that's the right. whole reason the logo was. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how. Every every Washington Redskins fan I've met is very – they're just like, it's ridiculous, it's dumb, but, you know, I don't know. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. It's their team. They can do what they want. They they were going to change the name to the Warriors, but then they said, eh, that's too close to – I like the Warriors. I, yeah. I was like, well, I think they should just keep it, it that. I think they should keep it Washington football team. Or just go uh, the Washington number ones. We are football team number one because they're the first ones to do it. Mm-hmm. and. You know, who's going to be next? Who, the We had a whole podcast about this one. Uh, I know. Where we just went through uh, the list. Raiders, Vikings, probably. Vikings. Buccaneers. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So if you're planning on attending the Washington football team stadium, 
don't go as anything Native American. Your Bucks fear gear is still fine for now. Yeah, we're still safe so far. So we got that. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have signed offensive lineman Caleb Beninock, who used to be with the Buccaneers. Remember him? <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was so awful. We defended him for so long. We always do. If they're a Buccaneer, we we're going to defend do. you. Yeah. But as soon as you leave, we're just like, oh, my God, he's Oh, my God. Thank God we can talk crap about <laughs> him now. Wells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was surprised that Caleb is still playing football. Although we did have a really good still of him from a game where he was – he had a Carolina Panther by the neck, and he was bending oh, them backwards. Right. Yeah, that was so. Good there was yeah. that. Yes, and uh, you know he's going to be. I, th- I don't know if he's a starter. I think he's probably. I depth, don't think so. But you know he's going to be protecting their two hundred million dollar contract, Joshua. <laughs> Running quarterback. <laughs> so. Good luck there. <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you got? I've been spouting stuff. Off. Uh, I was just going to bring up the Hall of Fame game. We watched it. I don't remember anything that happened the whole time. I spent the whole time, every shot they showed Mike Tomlin. I was like, Jesus, that man does not age. Like he looks 25. He looks the same. They showed a picture of Mike Tomlin and mm-hmm. John Lynch together when they were playing, I think at the Buccaneers, right? Yes. Was that where that picture was? Yeah. Mike Tomlin has not aged Mm-mm. a day. He looked exactly the same. John Lynch looks like grandpa almost. Like he's getting he's there. He's getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He still looks like a pediatrician, but um, Mike Tomlin hasn't aged today. That's all I got to say. That's it was so good watching football. I'm excited about Saturday. I was man. too, even Ugh. though it was second string. But, you know, I didn't even really notice that it was second string because I don't know any of the guys on either mm-hmm. of those rosters anyway, yeah. I feel like, at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know. Like, well, the they still Steelers got, and they've the got Cowboys. Kyle Rudolph behind Ben Roethlisberger still. I'm like, what is yeah, going Mason on? Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I say Kyle Rudolph. He used to be a tight end for the Vikings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I was surprised Big Ben's still playing. But he's like an Iron Man, but he's yes. old. Like, he looked old, too. He looks older than Mike Tomlin does. Yeah, he had a hard time second half of last year, man. He was he was not throwing that ball well mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of uh, Drew Brees. You know, late in the season, Drew Brees just could not get the ball down the field. Uh, he, he needed to retire probably at least three years ago, I would say. Ben or no, Drew? Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah, Ben's so beat up. He'll probably die on the football field. <laughs> <laughs> probably. A couple days ago on the Carolina Panthers, they had a big kerfuffle on the field where a safety, uh, reserve safety, JT Eby, I guess is his name. I don't know who he is. He ended up hitting Keith Kirkwood, one of the receivers, and kind of laying him out. This was during practice. It was a big deal. Of course, the media made a big and got all the fans on board with it. And I watched the video clip and I didn't see, you can't, it's hard to see, but it looked to me like the safety was trying to avoid getting his legs taken out for because one of the guys had fell in front of him. So he kind of jumped in the air while he was tackling and he hit the kid. Didn't look uh, with ill intent to me at all. But anyhow, the guy ended up getting cut and the practice was stopped and everything, but they cut him like immediately. And I'm just like, eh, you know, I mean, Keith Kirkwood, he's fine from everything I know. It was just, you know, one of those things where it was like, ooh, that looked, you can't do that, you're cut. I, I don't know the details behind it. You know, the guy might be a bad football player and just a bad guy or whatever. But to me, it looked like 
kind of an accident. In these day and age, you can't even have an accident. Well, now they've uh, the NFL has come out and said they're like they, I think they reiterated their taunting rules. They didn't make it any more severe, but like uh, they were like, "Oh, we're going to emphasize that." Oh, great. And so, yeah, you know and why like they the did NFL, that because yes. of. Well, all the articles Winfield. that reported on this, they use that picture of Winfield doing that. Good. And I was like, yes, I love it. Get in his face. I love it. But yeah. Like I'll, he, I'll be happy. Any, It's like personal foul penalties. I'm always like, yeah, good. You yeah. Know, I'll take the 15 yards. But with taunting, if you get two, you get ejected. Yeah. Can't yeah. have people's feelings hurt. I know. That's why I'm like, oh, where's the line between taunting? There is no line. And... Just a celebration at the end of a touchdown. Mm, right. Yeah. What's the line? It's subjective to yeah. the referees. Yeah. And and people in New York now. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll call in, oh my gosh, that guy did something bad. Yeah. He's a bad person. Needs to be a Kick him out. Yeah. But it's not Al Rivera anymore who retired. Okay. He's retiring. Yeah, we we did we have time to do the Know Your Enemy? We got about seven minutes left. Yeah. Let's just touch on it. All right. So uh, the Saints organization currently is a dumpster fire. Yes. Yes. Panthers, too. I haven't heard anything about the Falcons, but. And we'll we'll get to those. And I got to find my notes from this. So um, NOLA.com put out a piece about Michael Thomas. And they said that he, in I think March, about uh, they did, the organization determined that he, Michael Thomas, needed ankle surgery on that ankle that he hurt. And Michael Thomas didn't want to undergo surgery; he wanted a second opinion, which the team that's normal allegedly supported. Mm-hmm. And so that opinion recommended a more conservative approach with his ankle, including physical therapy. And so the team um, supported Michael in that avenue, but they sent they set certain benchmarks for him to meet uh, to ensure that he was on track to return for the season. So that was in March. The team reached out to him periodically after that and could never get a hold of him. So it was trainers, it was coaches, including Sean Payton. Uh, Michael Thomas just completely ghosted them. Uh, Real quickly, this is coming from the reporters for the New Orleans paper, right? Yeah, yeah, the local paper. What they're saying is that Michael Thomas – they could not get in touch with Michael Thomas. The organization couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, per the organization. Right. And this kind of reminds me of last year <laughs> with Alvin Kamara when they were reporting that the team, uh, that he wasn't there. What was it? Okay. Uh, hold on. We'll get to okay, that in a we'll second. Just a second. Yes. Okay. So they set these benchmarks for him to hit. Couldn't get in touch with him. He showed up at camp in June, and his ankle was still not right. So they decided that he was going to get the surgery. Now, the recovery time was 10 to 12 weeks. Mm. So he would not be ready for the start of the season. And the timetable for his return is currently undetermined. 
Wow. This is the part that I love, and this is where we'll get into the Alvin Kamara stuff. The article says, quote, These kinds of things just don't happen to the saints. Communication has always been an organizational strength, especially in the football operation. Peyton, Peyton, uh, Sean Payton, earned a degree in communications at Eastern Illinois, which that's not what a degree in communications is. <laughs> like, I don't know what this person is. And maintains an open line of communication with his staff and players. Like, oh, God. That's hilarious. His mentor, Bill Parcells, believed firmly in transparency and stressed to Peyton the importance of being brutally honest with his players and assistants. Now... I, I can't get over this. Earned a degree in communications. This is not what a degree in communications. Anyway. Um, but this same exact thing or something very similar happened last year with Kamara. And I even went and pulled up my notes from last year. Uh, Kamara, the media was reporting that he had th like three unexcused absences from camp and that he was holding out for contract negotiations. And Kamara came out and was like, what are you talking about? I'm injured. I've been in the building. And the, you know, and so the Saints organization had no idea where he was, mm -hmm. like had no clue. And then shortly thereafter, uh, they got a contract contract straightened out and he got an extension. So it's just it's funny that they pride themselves on communications. And yet this is the second major player that this has happened with. Hmm. And yeah. I'm not doubting that Michael Thomas is a piece of shit because I'm sure that he is. <laughs> I'll always root for that. I will. Always... Unless he becomes a buccaneer, then he's awesome. Yeah, then he's great. Uh, but to act like this and note. That in this NOLA.com article, they don't have any quotes from Michael Thomas. Right. Like, I don't know if he wouldn't return their calls either. There's mm -hmm. a chance. Uh, but they, you know, they quoted Sean Payton. They quoted other people in the organization. So you're getting the organization side with this, mm -hmm. not Michael Thomas's side. Michael Thomas came out and he tweeted basically that, um, you know, what did he say? Hold on, I have it. He was he, saying, yeah. It, yeah, it was a tweet yesterday, and he said, there it is. Okay, they tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. So that was his. Um, Basically, silence is golden. Yeah. Because the media is going to distort it. Is that what he's saying? That's what I got from it. Uh, yeah, I'm shocked. Well, I'm shocked. from that same article, mm -hmm. the the guy, the, do you, who is the person that wrote that article do you have it i don't have it okay he know. said this which I, I just couldn't stop laughing he said whether thomas was being obstinate negligent or both <laughs> is irrelevant one saint source said thomas simply thought his ankle was doing fine and then he was on track in his recovery regardless his decision to ghost his superiors was inexplicable and unacceptable quite frankly He's fortunate the team didn't find him for insubordination. <laughs> I was just it just cracks me up. Here's a here's a journalist saying that Thomas sports he, writer. Yeah, sports writer. He he said there, there was only two things, two reasons why this could have happened because Thomas was abstinent, obstinate, or negligent. Those are the only two reasons. Cut and dry. 
And then he goes on to call. He said, ghost his superiors. I like that, superiors. What the... Who who's the superior? Mike Evans might be the only superior person to Michael Thomas. <laughs> employers may be but superiors. And then he said they should fine him for insubordination. He's lucky they didn't. And I was like, wow, so much for speaking truth to power. What happened to that sense from the media? You know, get in line, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. Yeah. It cracks me up. Um does Saints have had to make adjustments to their roster to accommodate this absence? So this is, I did not realize this happened. Uh, they signed Chris Hogan, and then they moved Ty Montgomery from running back to wide receiver. I saw that. Yeah. Which so, he's, you know, he's a, he's a very good receiving running back. It's really all he is. And then they signed Devontae Freeman to replace Montgomery in the backfield. So, uh, yeah, it's a... The whole thing is a dumpster fire. You got uh, yesterday, cornerback Patrick Robinson said that he's retiring, so now they're looking for a corner. Um, it They had a defensive lineman that announced that they were retiring. They got the one that's suspended for the first six games. <laughs> oh, uh, Deontay Harris had a DUI in July. I mm-hmm. haven't talked about that yet. Um, and so players who get a DUI are usually suspended for two games. That was on July 16th, so I don't know if he'll even see court before then. They'll probably try to continue it until after the season at least. Mm. But So who knows, but Deontay Harris, you know, that was that one uh, player who was really dangerous for us. He oh, the yes, returner. the returner. Yeah, mm-hmm. and got injured in the playoff game, so we didn't have to deal with him. But. Yeah. And then uh, then they got the quarterback situation going on. We don't know. They don't know if it's going to be Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis is taking reps at one. He is? Okay. Yeah. Did did you see the video of him getting beat up by the tackle dummies? Oh, my gosh. I laughed. And Bucks fans everywhere were like, this is who Jameis Winston is. Yeah, that's exactly what you would expect. If you haven't seen it, it's a – it's at practice, and you've got New Orleans Saints players going through tackling dummies, this machine where you run through it, and it's got these bags, and you got to get through it. <clears throat> and most everybody's going through it fine. And then all of a sudden you see somebody come in, and they just get beat up, get tossed around. They stumble out of it, and it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> You're just like, oh, my God. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, course it, it is. is. Yeah. Um, oh, and then the – Will Lutz is another one where he has to get um, their kicker has to get groin surgery. So right. He's going to be out, and yeah. uh, Man, they just figured that out this week. Which yeah. I'm like, where was he all off season? Did they not know that this was an issue? Like, did he ghost him? Like, why are they doing this to Michael Thomas and not the kicker? Ah, good point. Like, what was the kicker doing? Yeah. I mean, maybe the kicker, you know, was communicating with them, and maybe he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and so it wasn't an issue. Who knows? Yeah, that communications degree is, yeah. like, coming in real <laughs> handy with the kicker. Um, but so he <laughs> – they signed kicker Brent Mar- Brett Marr uh, with Will Lutz injured, so he they got somebody in there to kick. Well, good for them. I hope he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a great year. I'm telling oh, you, it's awesome. going to be great. 
you know, so especially the Panthers and the Saints, they are just – they're a dumpster fire. They're taking a dive bad. Uh, the, the Falcons, I don't know what's going on over there. You know, Falcons always kind of scare me because, you know, I, I think Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. He just doesn't have the leadership ability from my subjective uh, opinion. Uh, there's something there, some intangible that I can't identify. But you know, as far as mechanics, and precision, all that good stuff, he he does great. And you know, that, that now they got Julio Jones is gone. You know, it's just oh, this, this is going to be a great year. I don't. I even if we don't win the Super Bowl, just beating up on these three teams for all year long is going to be great. It's going to be great. Can't wait for it. All right, we we are over time here again. Okay. We just we talk too much. We do. <laughs> Guys, we do appreciate you listening. If you uh, get a chance, uh, so send our link out to people. Get some get some shares going. We're trying to trying to boost up our YouTube subscribers. We know you know we don't really pay attention to the numbers and stuff like that. We're just in here gabbing and hoping people are enjoying our content. Uh, but if you get a chance, help us out. Send out some links. Get some subscribers for us. Uh, spread the word. We want to find that we want to find out what we can do with this podcast. Maybe maybe go full time, make some money off this thing one day. How about that? Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it. Quit our jobs, just do this full time. I know. Damn. But then we'd get in that media trap where we're we're worried about money, you know, worried about upsetting people or uh, getting uh, access. You know. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> I don't ever want to do that mess. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.